just like this American life. If Ira Glass was two women who wear My Little Pony costumes on stage. And now here are your brony enthusiasts, I mean hosts, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One, One Podcast. Podcast. That's right, the show in which we interview people from the internet about their interests and communities. Maybe we shouldn't have done that cast because now people already, they already clicked out. Don't click out. Don't don't click out. You know what? That's not the way pause. to make people say stay. Cool. Okay. Um, so, so who, mm-hmm. Allie, who the fuck are we? Sorry, uh, should I, why, are we, why am I swearing so much? By I'm the way, the show. On you. That's what it is. The show is MNS. W? Are you making up letters? <laughs> it's maybe not suitable for work. Oh, it depends okay. on what your work is. Right, right. So we decided it's actually S M. So it's M S F Y W. Maybe no M N S F Y. Now they've clicked w- out. Q R N. It's maybe not suitable for your work. Or S S S F S W. Suitable for some works. Not to be confused with South by Southwest. Okay. All right. Let's stop this madness. But today's episode might be safe. Well, it's dangerous in a different way. In a different way. Oh, my goodness. Okay. But we didn't even say who the fuck we are. (laughs) So we we? have a live comedy show called Blogalogs, where Mm -hmm. we perform text from the internet word for word. So we basically treat the internet like a script. Mm -hmm. We'll take Yelp reviews, Craigslist, whatever, and we come up with characters and scenarios. So from creating that show, we spent way too much time on the internet and decided to start contacting the people and interviewing them. Boom, here's this podcast. And today we have, again, a dangerous subject. Yeah. I'm very look, excited about it. We're really it. just trying to make friends on this podcast because all are? we have is oh, each yeah. other. <laughs> so, it's you, me, and our computers. We're just meeting people and hoping they'll hang out with us. And actually, I mm. hung out with Dominic the Furry from episode one. So, yeah, yeah we're just in meeting real life. people from the internet and then hanging out with them. Be our friends. Um, <laughs> we're so <yeah>. lonely. <laughs> so, as Ali alluded to, today's subject is pretty scary. Um, if you're a fan of drinking blood then you're gonna love it (laughs) we're interviewing a vampire (laughs) that's right you didn't know they really existed yeah we don't know if they exist either but there is a community online of people who believe that they are vampires and we are getting to the heart of it yeah today right yeah um so what's been your life experience with vampires i was in a movie about vampires my freshman year of college my friend nathan katata made it it was called sanguinarius amazing and um it's actually one of the ways that i got to know my uh roommate from college slash now best friend shout out to anna kolontierski you sucked her blood i sucked her or maybe she sucked (laughs) my blood but i remember we wore roller skates so that we could like glide (laughs) and also my friend mike schwartz shout out to mike like all these people freshman year that i stayed friends with we just like played a bunch of vampires and had these like crazy um, stabbing scenes and stuff. I really want to find this freshman year roommate, I mean, movie that we did and watch it. Yeah. Well, guess what, guys? You have it here? We have it here. Have it here. <laughs> Let's roll the clip. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> so this is Matt. He's talking. Hey. Probably a vampire. What's going on, Matt? You don't know. I hope I'm not. Very, I'm very pale. <laughs> we are in a dark room. We're always in a dark room with That's Matt. True. Oh, yeah. We did find a... Oh, actually, when we were 
were researching vampires, we found a list of ways to identify if you are a vampire. Oh, that's right. That we was should a long pull time those up and it, read them. Is it a BuzzFeed quiz? Ooh. Are you it's a vampire? It's not. It's no. a, well, that would make, that that probably exists as well. <laughs> yeah. But there is an online, uh, one of the forums yeah. was like how to know if you're a vampire. So we have them for you right we now. We pulled it up. We pulled it up. Okay. So number one, do you have unusually pale skin? These are written by vampires, self-proclaimed vampires. Yeah. Your skin doesn't need to be pale to be a vampire. It just needs to be pale in comparison to what your skin tone should be. How that's do you nice. know what your Wait, skin no, no, tone should be? That's actually really nice because they're being like inclusive. They're not being racist because they're that's like, true. you could be a black person. It should just oh. be paler than your skin is supposed to be. All right. You want to read the second one? Yeah. Number two is, oh, have shit. you ever been told by professionals that you're lucky you survived an accident with only a few scratches or cuts? Is that you, listener? Is that you? Are you a naturally strong magic energy user, self-taught or self-realized? Oh, shit. I am totally that. Are you yeah. an energy user? I, I use energy a lot. Um, yeah. I really, to, get, to get through the day. I do. I really like <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah, I think so, that counts. As a kid, were you the strongest, smartest, or quickest kid in the class? And at around 16 years of age, maybe all three. Yes. What? Yes, I was. Guys, I'm skipping ahead. Well, I I was Oh, you're not, not done? I was not. No, 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 I wasn't. Oh, sorry, did I interrupt But you? also... Okay. Uh, that's so weird. <laughs> sorry. Okay, I'm back. Oh, Allie, you just coughed. Let's read number 11. Do you rarely get sick? Or when you get sick, does your body recover quicker than most people? Okay, I'm not a vampire. I've had this cough for like two weeks. I'm not a vampire. All right, I'm going to skip ahead. Do you tend to react to things like catching a falling object or other normally unexpected things at an almost psychic speed? Matt, I'm going to throw something at you. Look the other way. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how this goes. Guys, you caught it. (laughs) Matt's a vampire. You know what? We're going to rename this Two Girls, One One Vampire. (laughs) And we're going to scrap the podcast. (laughs) This podcast. We're just hanging out. Fuck it. Um, is your bedroom the coldest and darkest room in the house? We performed this piece. <laughs> we did perform this piece. We performed yeah. this. We did it as, as a game show. Emo like a, Like a love dating game show thing. All right, here's one. A legitimate vampire is able to safely digest more than 600% of the daily recommended amount of iron. That's something I'm not going to test. I'm just going to throw so that out there. So six times the usual six times amount the of amount iron. You're supposed to. Do you feel a strong urge to travel? No. I mean, who doesn't feel a strong urge? Well, I guess Matt. Me. But I'm good. Uh, you really yeah. you don't want to travel? No, I do. I do. Yeah, Just everybody not, wants not, to travel. Not right now. To Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. Nobody should have laughed at that. Don't encourage I did, I, me. I did enjoy don't that. encourage me. No, that was good. Um, <sighs> you gotta keep your standards high. You know. <laughs> when you will things to happen, do they normally happen? Oh, that's like the secret. That is the secret. That's true. (laughs) It's like that book. It's really grandma. Eat, pray, love. Will things to happen? Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. All right. Well, those Um, are some questions. There are literally about 300 questions on that web page. So we're going to move on. But Jen, do you have any vampire stories? Boof. Boof. That's not a vampire story. first movie. (laughs) What are you doing? The first, I think, I want to say the first movie I ever saw. I was going to say scary movie, but I think it was first movie. It was House on the Haunted Hill. Have you ever seen that movie? No. I just did a creepy breath. Did you hear it? It was like... Let's just, real- let's just creepy vampire breathe for a second. <laughs> if you haven't seen House on the Haunted Hill, you should watch it. Uh, it is an old black and white scary, scary movie. <laughs> and I, I just, think there's I a vampire unders- in it. I was underscoring Jen's story. Anyway, there's, it's not really a story, but there's a vampire in the movie and it is terrifying. So definitely catch that. Yeah, vampires never really scared me. As you all know, <laughs> what's my fear? Aliens. aliens. Everybody knows I talk about it every episode. Getting abducted aliens. by aliens would be really traumatic. 
For some reason, everyone in this room knows your fear. Everyone. All two people. Everyone. Yeah, so the internet has allowed these vampires to find each other on these forums and do right. vampiric things together. We're going to find out if they actually suck blood. drink blood mm-hmm. and uh, what they did before the internet. Right. Were they just hanging out in dark corners alone? I don't know. Right. But these right. are my burning questions. There must be a vampire dating site as well. Oh, I'm which sure. Which we'll have to talk we to our ask about today. vampire dating. Yep. Mm-hmm. Vamp dating. Yeah. Vampy, I don't know. Uh-huh. But like also, what do these vampires do for fun? Like, what do they do right. like on a vampire weekend? Like, what? <laughs> oh. Do they have plans? Or? No, I would, would like to know. Yeah. I have some information about our guest today, but I'm going to hold off on sharing yeah, it until we talk don't share to it. our don't fine gentleman. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to get our guest on the line. But first... What time is it? Trivia time. <gasps> Trivia time. Trivia. Jen became a small baby. Trivia time. Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever use Google, or are you more of a Bing Bing crowd? What's more Google? of an Ask Jeeves? Mm-hmm. Ask Jeeves, yeah, yeah. That's, that's usually good mm-hmm. the result. Uh, Jeeves and I, we have a really good, strong relationship. I have an Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those days? The sets you would get order. Oh in the my mail. god! At home, we had the whole Encyclopedia set, and you would have to go look it up. And yeah. at school, they taught you how to look it up. Everything I learned in school was useless. Was looking it up, everything, oh. <laughs> everything we did in school. I don't use it. Even None handwriting. Now I type. Hey, I hear they're not teaching kids cursive anymore. Is that I did true? hear that. I'm not sure if that's true or not. How do they sign their names? I don't know. You they must... just do a, a handprint. <laughs> <laughs> you must use math. <laughs> no, I got a calculator <laughs> oh, cool. on my okay. phone. <laughs> There's no need. Hey, I saw this hey. thing the other day that in like 2035, kids are going to be like, why does the phone icon look like that? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because whole, that's, phones don't look like that. There's anymore. a whole school of thought of like we talk about files and folders and telephones and we yeah, use those icons file? in our technology, but they actually have no relevance to how yeah. technology but works. But also right. in 2035, we're not even going to be using technology. Oh. It's just gonna be going embedded back, going into. Back, back to it's gonna be embedded into our skulls, or we'll have all killed ourselves by then. Because global warming and nuclear, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just to just to bring things up a little in this room, because yeah, I think totally. they were just too would, low. Yeah, it wouldn't be a two girls um, one podcast without nuclear war. Without Hallie bringing it down somewhere. Uh, I like the uh, the save icon, which is a floppy disk. Oh yeah. And yeah. kids using software today being like save. What is this? <laughs> That yeah. Is this square? Yeah. yeah. Anywho, now that we made it boring, let's do <laughs> trivia. So uh, Google is a fairly ubiquitous term. We, we Google yes. stuff. I Googled him. But what was the first time the phrase to Google or Google something was used in popular culture, specifically TV? Mm. There was a TV show, very popular TV show. Yeah. Friends. And the phrase... To Google, the verb occurred Google, on that show. Occurred on that show for the first time. What do you first think time? it means to jam to gen jam something? Hmm. I know what it means. <laughs> what does it mean? It means to leap. Oh, you're right. Hashtag jamming. If you want to go there, just look on your Insta. It's me leaping in front of different <laughs> monuments and places around the world. Okay, I'm sure you're the, you're the only person using the hashtag jamming. jamming. Yeah. <laughs> they won't find so anything else. I verbed my name already. All right, What's, my guess yeah. is friends. Friends, yeah. <laughs> That's also, did any of you ever see that really old ad from the 90s where it's like Chandler... For Microsoft? Yes, yes, in front of a computer, huh. and it's like, they're like, ooh, I can minimize it. It's like it's like they're learning it's, a computer uh, for the it's first Jennifer, time. Oh, it's yeah. Jennifer Aniston and um, Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry doing yeah. an ad for Microsoft Windows 95, I yes. want to say. Right. Yes. And it's magic. It's yeah, so super magic. Because yeah. it's like scripted to be like funny, like, 
yeah. hey, we're the friends and we're so, using computers. It's great. But it's also hyper-educational. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> that commercial was probably cutting edge in 95. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a TV commercial. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. bundled was with the software to like teach oh, you how right. to learn the, you know, teach you the software. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm going to say Sex in the City and it was a double entendre for Ooh. something oh. happening on the show. Really good guess. <laughs> great really guesses. Good guess. Great guesses today. All right. Okay. We're going to find out the true answer when we come back. Haribo Gummy Gold Bears candy is soft, chewy, and translucent, and they are bursting with very yummy flavor. There is nothing quite as whimsically delicious as Gummy Bears, a candy popular the world over for its sprightly personality and fruity taste. Review by M. Potter. One star review. Be sure to also buy a tub of OxyClean with this to get the blood and diarrhea stains out of your underwear, clothes, furniture, pets, loved ones, and ceiling fans. Well, that that doesn't make me want to buy them. I was going to say, at the fear of alienating our sponsor, don't buy those guys. (laughs) Well, decide for yourself, guys. (laughs) You know, free will, your choice. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, you guys want to hear the trivia answer? Yeah, we do. Oh, Man, right. this episode's all about blood and shit. Yeah, so far. <laughs> We're always safe for your work. If you work at the blood and shit store. <laughs> <laughs> all right, trivia. They've really gone downhill since the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of brick and mortar blood and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. All right, what show is it? What was the first television show to use to Google as a verb? Allie guessed Friends. Friends. You got the time period right. Uh, Jen, whatever Sex your name is, City. Sex in the City. <laughs> what are we saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you guys are you guys are on top of your nineties, two thousands TV games. Frasier. Oh, Frasier. Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the correct answer is actually related to the topic of our show today. <gasps> I wish I had planned that, but I did not. Buffy. You got oh, it right. Shoot. Buffy the wow. Vampire Slayer. So, wait, you didn't plan that? I did not plan that. That's so serendipity. It was on uh, October 15th, 2002. So Willow turns to Buffy and says, have you Googled her yet? And then Xander says, she's 17. LOL, insert laugh. And then Willow says, no, it's a search engine. And that oh. was the first. Oh, oh, you were right about the double entendre. You were oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed, you were. Was that a product placement? But did they pay them to uh, do that? Unclear. It's written okay. about in a in a book that was sort of analyzing tech- digital culture in pop culture. Cool. Yeah. You read do a you book? Think I read an entire book okay. looking for the trivia. Cool. I'm impressed. Yeah. Cool. Should we get our we vampire on the line? We should interview our vampire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interview with the vampire. Isn't that a movie? <laughs> That are, is Brad Pitt coming? Uh, yes. He is on the line, Brad mm-hmm. Pitt. What cool. if I ripped off my face and I was Brad Pitt? <laughs> that would be really strange. Yeah. So we're very excited right now um, because on the line we have Anshar Serafim. Um, he is a member of the Voices of the Vampire community. Welcome, Anshar. Hello. Hi. I'm sure we'll get into the, all the different definitions and, of course, in movies and books or whatever. But like, what is your definition of a vampire today? Okay, well, um, when it comes to vampires, you know, one of the problems with using that term, uh, and it's something that the, the community has attached itself to, is um, 
you know, you're, you're taking a concept that has established, you know, preternatural meaning. And, um, you know, you have uh, a mainstay of supernatural, you know, uh, mythology like the vampire, and then you decide to use a term like the word vampire to identify, you're going to create a lot of confusion. Um, it would be kind of like people with diabetes all of a sudden deciding to call themselves supermodels. You know, sure, supermodels have to watch what they eat, and maybe it's a good metaphor, but you're starting to imply a lot of things between the signifier and the signified that can create a little bit of a, of a communication breakdown. I'm going to start to um, call myself a supermodel. Yeah. Because my you like to travel, you like work. to pose. I like to travel. I don't even like to pose. I, I like costumes. I, I like people to dress me up and take pretty pictures of me, so I identify as a supermodel. <laughs> there you sure. go. There I go. identify yeah. as no, a supermodel. Right, right. <laughs> even if we're talking about the, the, the term vampire as a supernatural term, um, I mean, there's a, a similar concept that's been expressed in a lot of different anthropological contexts between different cultures. You have everything from, you know, the Lamia to... Um, you know, heck, you have metaphysical parasites like you have in uh, like the, the Piscavat in um, in like the, the Vedic traditions. You know, you've got the Wendigo in Native American uh, spirituality. You've got you know, you, all these different kinds of ideas. So even when we use the word vampire, even if we were to just point it at the supernatural, we wouldn't necessarily be talking about the same thing. I mean, even with the advent of uh, Bram Stoker's novel and uh, the subsequent movies and stuff that have come out, um, you know, look at the difference and just the idea between something like Nosferatu, for example, you know, that first prototypical film and uh, and something more recent like the twilight movies or something you know the, the idea of what the vampire is even in a supernatural context is is constantly evolving so for a group of people to decide to use that term as an umbrella to be able to identify themselves is already confusing even if they were to think of themselves as something supernatural which most of the people in the vampire community don't but as far as the word vampire is concerned usually we're talking about it in, in the the term of a metaphor we're not thinking that we've been around for thousands of years or that we're immortal or that you know any of that stuff is going on a lot of times you have either people who are sanguinarians who drink you know human blood uh, or you have people who are, are pranic or psychic vampires and they're into you know taking people's energy and when we use a powerful term like vampire that has a, it's couched in a lot of super supernatural preternatural ideas uh, you're taking something that is, is essentially making a statement about needing something from other people having something missing in yourself and instead trying to associate yourself with a supernatural term that makes you feel more powerful and that's uh, it is important to point out that we are using, it's, it's a loan word, we're borrowing a word, and that, that can cause some confusion. And it can also cause some confusion for people who are mentally ill in the community. Um, and, you know, every uh, following a group of people is going to have people who are mentally ill, whether it's, you know, Christians, or you look at religion, spirituality, or, you know, groups, the NRA, there's going to be these little outlier groups that have kind of out their beliefs and a lot of times the, the media is only going to focus on those people because those are the interesting people you know they're not the boring soccer moms who are going to the grocery store that so, was a very interesting answer yeah so I, it was long but i liked yeah. all of it Anchar, is it right to say that you tend to fall into the more energetic or pranic side of the yeah. vampire equation absolutely absolutely that is definitely um the kind of persuasion you know I, I have had a few experiences with blood and they were not negative experiences but for me to try to to go off of the idea that i need blood in some way that would not be accurate at all so you can can you tell us a little bit more just for you personally what it means Sh what happened in your journey that you that you started to identify that with this word and of course we'd love to hear about your experiences drinking blood right sure sure um well, I mean, the, the vampire identity is never something that's really appealed to me. You know, it, it kind of, um, 
fell in my lap and during that kind of journey of self-exploration and trying to figure out you know why i was feeling uh these things that i was feeling and, and why things were happening and it, when i identify as a vampire for me that's not a, a belief system it's an idea and if i start to get more evidence that changes that idea or changes my interpretation of it because it's an idea and not a belief i have the ability to take a step back and and decide to you know have different ideas about myself I used to have these really, really bad uh, headaches, terrible migraines, and um, you know, obviously, I, I sought a, a medical solution first. I, I went and got, um, you know, MRIs and uh, CAT scans, and uh, saw multiple neurologists, uh, prescribed lots of uh, migraine medications, and. One time I, I was at one of my friend's uh, houses and he was a, a Reiki practitioner and uh, he you know, wanted to do a little bit of, uh, of energy work on me to see if that would help with my migraine because it was really, really bad. I was very, very skeptical about it because I'm not very into you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the new age stuff. Uh, but when he started to do the energy work, I, I felt a really pronounced difference right away and I, um, I started to feel these waves of heat going through my body. Um, lots of different physical sensations that I wasn't accustomed to. And I mentioned that to him. I said, you know, that's really interesting. I'm feeling all these waves of heat. And um, he kind of laughed at me remarking about that. And he said, well, you know, let's, let's try something a little different. And uh, he ended up making waves of cold go through me instead. And I thought that was interesting because it was a, um, it challenged my perception of what was going on. You know, it's, it's a lot less likely to be a, a placebo effect, let's say, if, uh, if someone is able to modify the experience in a direct way like that. Um, but I, you know, when I was done with that whole experience and, um, and my headache was completely gone, it, it made me start to question some of the assumptions that I had. Uh, about what was going on with me uh, because in you know two years of taking a whole bunch of different kinds of migraine medications and you know all this other stuff I, I wasn't able to make these headaches go away and he managed in five minutes to make them disappear so obviously there was something else going on and um, you know I, I had a, a bunch of other you know strange experiences like uh, for example when I was uh, in college um, I was doing some studying because I was a, I was a tutor academic tutor at a college and um, I started to feel these, this incredible wave of sadness and uh, come over me when I was working with someone. And um, about 10 or 15 seconds later, uh, an elevator opened up behind us and uh, a woman came out and she was crying really, really intensely. And uh, you know, I had no way of being able to hear her. Um, for some reason, I was able to, to feel the emotions that, that she was projecting outward um, as she was getting closer and closer to me as the elevator was moving from her floor to mine. And now that doesn't mean that necessarily metaphysical energy exists it doesn't necessarily mean that you know some spiritual belief system is a reality you know there's so much about the universe that we don't know and uh, unfortunately human senses are not very well equipped to tell us anything about the world around us i mean everything from the colors that we see to our perception of solid objects to the uh, the you know the wavelengths that we hear with uh, with our ears all of these things are just you know byproducts of evolutionary biology for us to be able to navigate our environment to find food to mate so you know we we end up um operating off of a lot of false assumptions a lot of lies so i acknowledge that there's something going on and i need to know you know more about it and i need to explore it but i that doesn't necessarily mean that there's something spiritual going on i i guess it's important for me to, to kind of point that out is that making sense yes. yeah but so when did you so you noticed these um moments where yeah. energy affected you and but but then when did you connect with the identity of vampire once i started having all of these strange experiences um I started to, to look online to uh, to see if you know if I could find out more about them, and it, it's interesting because he went to WebMD and WebMD was like you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
kind of kind of <laughs> WebMD if you want to think of it that way. It's really really hard uh, once you start getting into subjective pseudoscience. And doing research is very difficult because you have a bunch of people who are kind of meandering and lost in their own abilities and their own ideas and their own perceptions and then you know some of them tie it into their spirituality like i was talking about um i think the easiest metaphor i could use for it i, I do this a lot when I'm, I'm presenting or i'm talking or i'm writing articles is um let's say that you're uh you're, you're falling asleep you're watching tv you know and um you end up having this incredible dream and in this incredible dream you are like a an 18th century woman from england and you know the names of your kids and you know the names of you know the name of your husband and you know where your house is and you even have an idea of where your kids are buried and you wake up and you write down this incredible dream journal and like five years go by and it keeps bothering you and finally you go over to europe because you want to see if this is a, a real thing or not and you go to the place with the address that you had in your head and sure enough there's the house and you go to the cemetery and sure enough there's the kids and you know all of these things are confirmed and you end up going home and you will spend the rest of your life believing in reincarnation because you fell asleep watching the history channel <laughs> <laughs> so you know subject subjective experiences can be difficult because people will draw whatever conclusions they want to there's confirmation bias there and so i try to be very very careful about the assertions that i make about my personal identity uh for that reason and that's why it's important for me to kind of inform that a little bit and kind of you know sidetrack just slightly with your question because it's i don't want anyone to think that my personal subjective experiences are the only way that someone could interpret something does that answer your question Totally, except that I still wanted to know just your personal story of I had these experiences, I did this research, and then at what point were you like vampire? And did you you said pron okay. pranic? Is that right? Pranic, right. Okay, right. yeah. So how There's did you end up choosing those terms for yourself, even if again subjective, just for this moment, etc.? Sure, sure. Um, well, there's an online community. Um, it's been around. Um, it's about five or six years after the uh, the mainstream inception of the internet. And one of the main websites that was around um, is was Sanguinarius.org. And I believe you know there's still vestiges of it around. And unfortunately, Sanguinarius, the um, the site founder, she passed away. Uh, which made some of us very, very sad. Um, but it was a fantastic place. At the time, it was internet relay chat. So, you know, we would sit down at the computer and just type things back and forth. And and the, here, I, you know, I, I stumbled upon this community and here was an entire, you know, room of, you know, 30, 40 names, you know, all having the same kinds of experiences that I was. And uh, sure, you know, all of them had different, you know, varying beliefs and different methods of engagement and stuff with that. But that was enough to really spark my interest and start to, to cause me to connect with other people who had this identity. And it, it was them that had already decided to use the word vampire, not me. And so I, you know, I, I kind of begrudgingly accept the term and, and that it is, you know, a, a label that has been decided by the community and therefore I have to partake in it. So when you, you say that you feed off of others' energy, what exactly does that mean for you? Um, metaphysically speaking, and once again, we're going into pseudoscience here, so forgive me. Um, it's, it would seem that there is a palpable kind of um, transmission that people send back and forth to one another as they experience thoughts and emotions. It's kind of like a, like a ripples in the water from someone dropping a, a pebble into the water. And it's not that energy is created or destroyed, just like you're not creating water when you drop a stone into a pool, but there are, there's an effect. And I, I think that thoughts and emotions have an effect on, the, uh, on your immediate environment and that those ripples travel outward. And um, I think that because there is, you know, obviously thoughts and emotions exist, there has to be a, um, a reciprocal effect that's a result of that and i i'm willing to posit that there is something that is beyond human perception that we're not 
currently able to see that is maybe radiating between us as we interact, as we feel. And um, because of that, that is, that is my operating understanding of energy as it is right now. So you feel that it's, it's more of an exchange? Exactly, exactly. And I, I think the exchange is relevant because um, really when you're saying that you have like an energetic deficiency and you're, you're, you know, you have to take more in your interactions from others, that's, that's really the essence of what you're saying. I mean, have you ever interacted with a person who you enjoy spending time with that um, you have common interests with that doesn't irritate you in any way, but when you're done interacting with that person, you feel incredibly exhausted and drained and you have to take them in incredibly small doses? Because that person might be an energetic vampire and not even know it. Uh, I think that's an interesting question. I'm going to say no, but only because I am pretty high energy myself. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily feel... But but maybe I'm a vampire because I could see me being that person in people's lives where they feel drained afterwards. (laughs) Mm. I I just get drained really easily. But that's always been my case. I need to go home and recharge by myself. You came to it through this discovery of energy. Then were there other things about yourself where you were like, oh, this aligns with this version of vampire identity? Yeah, yeah. There's some weird things. And um, this will be one of those things like I'll, I'll tell you and you'll be like, oh, I don't know if that's really a thing. <laughs> it really is. I'm it, excited. It is. Um, don't tease me. And um, in every relationship I've ever had, I've gotten the complaint from my partner that when they um, when they cuddle me, they almost immediately lose consciousness. And it's a thing. Um <laughs> I, uh, in as little as like five minutes, I will take someone who's not even sleepy and they'll be unconscious on me. And if I hold on to them, like my, my fiance, she'll sleep for 18 hours. So I have to like, let her go and go to my own side of the bed and she, otherwise she won't wake up. That's my dream. Oh, that is Ali's dream. I'm a bad she sleeper yeah. and I love cuddling. I want someone just cuddle me to right to sleep and then don't let me go for eight hours and then wake me up. <laughs> oh, we wanted to ask you, are there vampire dating sites? I need to find a man who will cuddle me hard and then let me go. <laughs> well, there are places that you can post if you're interested in being a donor. Um, you know, if whether that's blood or energy or whatever, you know, there, there are places like that. Um, I, won't, I won't specifically point out certain places just because that, uh, you're just a quick Google search away from that. Um, just because, you know, as anything, those those kind of small micro communities can increase or decrease in quality with a little or no notice. So you would want to. Do I'm going to increase their before. quality greatly when I join. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, uh, I know. So, I know. It's so true. So, what are some it's of the true. other signs that you're like you're going to say this is crazy? So, girlfriends, uh, unconscious okay. immediately. Um, if I intentionally draw energy off of someone, like I make physical contact and I just focus on doing that, I, I can make a person dizzy or even like collapse. Wow. Uh, so were there other signs for you personally? Yes. Sometimes, um, this is really weird. Sometimes I hear music and it's, I hear music when other people are hearing music in their own head, if they're fairly near me. So oh. I'll, I'll start like humming a song and the person will like grab me and start throttling me and say, I was just humming that song in my head. What are you doing? Get out of my head. Wow. That's, that's yeah, that's. <laughs> Weird stuff. It's weird stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not a scientific explanation for it. I mean, it could be anything from uh, minor vocalizations in their throat that that I'm not able to hear consciously that somehow my ears are picking. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. We're we're talking about a lot of unexplored territory here, and I really don't want to sound like one of those, you know, like I'm channeling crystal through a big wand at you guys (laughs) through the internet. You know, it's it's not like that. You know, I, I am a very pragmatic, logical person, and I've just had some very confusing experiences 
experiences that I haven't been able to explain yet. And so far, this is the best you know thesis of an explanation I have. And if tomorrow I find a better explanation, I'll go with that instead. Yeah. Have you tried blood? And how oh, can yeah. you just talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and as a product of meeting people in the vampire community, you come across lots of sanguinarians, people who are just very into blood. And uh, I'm not squeamish about blood at all. It's never bothered me. And I ended up finding out that, you know, I actually have a really positive, very high-charged energetic experience, uh, for lack of a better word, when, when I am in the process of, you know, consuming another person's blood. So I, I have had a really positive experience associated with it. But for me to try to identify as a sanguinarian or say that it's something I need would be absolutely silly, just because that's not my primary mode of anything. So where do you get it from? Usually when you're in the confines of like a sexual relationship, you already kind of you know hopefully vetted that person as, a, as someone who's disease free and you have certain boundaries of trust and that sort of thing um, if you end up not having a partner who's into that sort of thing then um, that's when you have to start being very selective and choosy and you know you're going through different channels and, and trying to establish that just like you would if you were I don't know going to become a swinger or something like that you know you have there's certain precautions you have to take ah so it's a person to person donation system mm-hmm. there's no like purchasing blood on the dark web <laughs> Well, I mean, you can purchase whatever you want on the dark web. Yeah, that's, that's what true. I've heard. <laughs> that's a different podcast, I think. Well, it's a different episode of the same podcast, I think. <laughs> so is your girlfriend a vampire? Or your fiancé? Um, fian- yeah, my fiancé identifies as a, as a vampire. She's... Um, uh, she's hybrid, so she's both into energy and into blood. Um, she's also a, a kink and BDSM presenter. So our first date was actually going to Kinkfest in Portland and drinking each other's blood on stage in front of about 300 people. So oh that my was, gosh, that's that's that a first fun. date. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she did blood cup work on my back. Uh, she Wait, what's blood cup work? Um, basically, it's like a, a suction cup. You oh, take oh a cupping. Yeah, you'll you'll cut oh, like oh, an X sorry. on no, someone's back, and then you'll put like a vacuum cup on someone's back, and it pulls the blood out of their uh, out of their wound. Whoa! It's hot. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, tell us more. What other things? Um, was this still the first date? Yo, this was the first date. Yeah, this is our first. <laughs> How quickly did you get engaged after that? Like the same day. Uh, three, three months. Three months. Okay. Three months. <laughs> so um, how much blood is like safe to exchange or drink from another person before someone passes out? The short, short explanation is that there's never a safe amount of blood to drink from someone else because any kind of contact with another person's blood can be a negative medical experience unless you properly vet them first. So let's first say that. And then secondarily, anytime that you are involved with blood, there's a possibility of infectious disease you know no environment outside of um like a like a surgical room is ever going to be completely sterile we don't use that word typically in um in, you know, in a blood play environment because sterile doesn't exist all you can do is really just try to take as many precautions as you possibly can um once you get past that part of it um there there are a lot of other things that can go along with blood play and uh, things that you might not necessarily think about. Everything from um, if a person's taking any medications, obviously it's going to be in their blood as well. And that can also change the taste of blood. You know, something as simple as uh, 500 milligrams of ibuprofen can make human blood undrinkable. Um, Another thing that's uh, important to point out is just like milk is an emetic substance, blood is an emetic substance. If you drink too much of it um, and you're not really into it and your body's not fine with it, you will immediately throw it up. I'm lactose intolerant, so I totally understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there overlap between the vampire community and this like fetish BDSM blood play thing? Um, yes, I mean, there's definitely going to be a crossover. Um, people who 
are into these schizotypal fringe communities where you know, they need to be special and different and only hang out with other people who are into BDSM or fetish. Um, they need to think of themselves as different and powerful, um, you know, solve problems with magical thinking, all of those kinds of things. Yes, those things are going to inevitably group themselves. Gotcha. <laughs> so you had been saying that this isn't true for you, but for a lot of people, it's a vampirism is a very spiritual experience. Right. And that's the thing is like, I mean, let's say you were blind, you know, you could just be blind and you could be just that could be part of you know who you are you could be an advocate for the blind and then you could get to another part of a fringe group of that community of people who are blind and think that that's because it's a gift from Jesus you know like the issue for me is that once a person gets to the point where they start incorporating something into their spiritual identity it becomes very difficult to change any of those ideas you know it's difficult to have a discussion about them to have new decisions or new information and then to be able to make you know, make changes to a belief system when it when it's incorporated into personal identity and religion, and that's that's true of all all religions. Beliefs, in my opinion. Yeah, there is not necessarily a connection between spiritual and religious beliefs and vampirism. There's not a connection with aesthetics. Like I, I'm not a, a goth. Per- I mean, I'm wearing a black T-shirt right now, but I'm wearing blue jeans. Like I, my my closet is full of suits. I'm just a a normal. Well, I'm not that normal, <laughs> but I'm I'm just a a, a human being just like everyone else's with my own interesting experiences and my own way. And and I think that people fall into this weird ethnocentric idea of thinking of certain things as normal. And so we take them for granted. And then when we see things that are different, we immediately, you know, recoil in horror. And it's kind of ironic to me, you know, we have a, a fairly predominantly Christian society in the United States. And so here you have a bunch of people who think that this, you know, cosmic Jewish zombie who's his own father wants you to, you know, telepathically accept you as his master and give him love, you know, and lots of good thoughts. And that that's, that's completely normal. But because I think that I might be, you know, having an energetic deficit in my interactions with other people, that makes me the weirdo. And I, I think that that is that is a little too common in our society. And I think that's one of the reasons that, that the media has kind of latched on to vampirism is that we find that kind of, you know, that recoil that we see from something different kind of interesting. And uh, I think it's important to encourage people to try to look at things anthropologically, because when you take a step back and you look at cultures and societies as an anthropologist, you can literally take a look at the society and then predict what kind of spiritual beliefs arise out of it. It's the same thing with uh, with the United States. I mean, consider that in the in the Bible, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay away from scripture here, but I'm just pointing this out, um, that in the Bible, angels are a completely different race of beings. And in the Bible, it says that we sleep in the earth until the day of judgment, and then everyone comes up and the earth is remade into a paradise for some. And yet, despite that, we have um, a very common thing in our culture and our um, in in American Christian beliefs, where when Grandma dies, she becomes an angel in heaven, and you can talk to her, even though the Bible specifically says that angels are a separate race of beings, that Grandma's sleeping in the ground until the day of judgment, and that the only person who can hear your thoughts is God, and that's when only two or, or more people are present. So it, it's interesting that even set religious beliefs constantly change and are impacted by whatever society that they're in, and I think that that you know. In, People incorporating vampirism into their spirituality is no different. I think it's a reflection on the culture and the idea that as a Western culture, we have decided to put this kind of exciting label 
on something like vampirism and dress it up the way that we have, I think that that is a reflection of us, that we are self-involved, that we do want attention, that we do like to think of ourselves as special and different and powerful. And I think that is a very Western thing. And as an anthropologist, you can take a step back and say, okay, I can see where that's coming from. How large do you uh, imagine the community is in the United States? Oh, a lot larger than you would think. Um, you know, you have to decide who to include under the umbrella. You know, do you include people who are involved in a religion that incorporates vampirism? Do you include people like me who just have like the, you know, a, an operating understanding of, uh, of, of, let's say, energy? Do you want to only count blood drinkers? Do you count, you know, hybrid vampires who are into bull? There's actually a server, uh, a survey that was done by the community uh, called the VEWRS, I think, Vampire Energy Work Survey, something like that. Um, and it actually did a, a complete census of the community. There's at least, at least uh, five figures, at least. But I, I think we're probably well into the six-figure range. People who identify as vampires who are able to be able to interact with one another because of things like IRC chat, because of Yahoo Messenger, because of Facebook. You know, these are people who are in completely disparate communities that normally would not have much of an opportunity to be able to interact with one another. And they're, they're getting to do that by virtue of the fact that the internet exists. Um, so I, I think that that's really important. Um, it's also an opportunity for people to, sp to spread and disseminate information. You know, like uh, like a lot of the articles that I've written for the community. I think you know some of them were even published um, in Michelle Belanger's book. You know, just as an example. Um, you know, there's an opportunity there for people to. Um, to be able to share and, and talk and relate. You know, I don't necessarily think I would have stumbled on the word, you know, vampire in trying to learn more about what was going on with me if the internet hadn't existed or I had, had been born at a different time. So. Well, on that note, we should get going. Thank you, Anshar. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Absolutely. And now a real missed connection entitled, You Was the Ultrasound Tech at Bronson Cox Hospital. Woman for Woman, from the website where I get all my medical advice, Craigslist.org. It was Thursday night, I had a UTI, and you was like Hermione from Harry Potter with your ultrasound wand and cast a spell on me. I was there with my boyfriend, but would leave him for you cause you know how to work it, girl. If you wanna get McDonald's sometime, hit me up. Tell me how big the cyst on my ovary was so I know it's you. How about them vampires? Wow. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of information and a new way of looking at everything, really. Yeah. <laughs> Blew my mind a little. Yeah. The whole blood exchange thing, how simple it was, really uh, sort of shocked me in its simplicity. Like, I felt like you, that you were probably going to go to some website. I thought like, you were like, stealing vetted. from a blood bank. Yeah, like when people <laughs> donate their eggs or something. Yeah, I thought or it was like a whole thing. you can sell your breast milk online. So right. I thought it's going to be like finding people that sell you. Yeah. But it was. It seemed like more of a kink thing. Yeah, totally. Like between couples, they've been tested. They draw their own blood probably. Right. And that's that. They don't go to like I a mean, dispensary. Look, during sexy time, there's some fluid exchange and then they just up it to blood, which is not my thing. But right. I was like, oh, <laughs> Not any weirder than a lot of other things that are <laughs> yeah. that we've uh, encountered. Did he refer to Jesus as a zomb uh, zombie Jew? Yeah, he did. That was the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. Also accurate, accurate, accurate. All right. So <laughs> there's that. But, you know. So 
like, look, I'm not a vampire, but he made some interesting points that mm-hmm. we believe things that are way more out there, right? Right. Jesus rose from the dead and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I'm so Jewish as I talk about mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. You know, it reminded me of our Aurelian's interview yeah. where we were like, he believes in aliens. That's crazy. And then we talked to him and we were like, well, it's not any more bizarre than any other religion. Although, of <laughs> right. course, to be fair to Anshar, he was very specific that this is not a religion for him. Anyway. Right. But... I think it's very cool, too, that Unsure is so open about his experience and he is able to talk about it so well, like, because it's not explainable in a lot of ways, but he's able to talk about it in the best way he knows how, which I just think is really cool. He's going for it. Yeah, it's more like he has these experiences around energy that he can't quite explain. And he was very clear that, like, for now, this is the best definition. I think you guys know me. I'm skeptic through and through. I don't know that I believe everything he's saying 100% about the energy thing, but... I loved his framing of it. This is my story, and right. this is the best I got so far. So right, yeah. right, yeah. And I love how open he was about blood plan stuff. <laughs> yeah, I learned that something phrase. new, guys, because I pride myself in knowing because of our work exactly. together. I pride myself in knowing a lot of crazy shit, and I did not know about blood plan. He said something about either. cupping, and I was like, "Oh, cupping! I got cupping done in acupuncture." And then I was like, "No, no, 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 This is not what I've done before. So, guys, we're curious to know, have you had a metaphysical experience that you can't explain? Uh, Jenna's told in other episodes that she believes she has. I had a couple supernatural feeling experiences, but who knows? Maybe they were rational and just need a new way of being explained. I'm not sure. Um, but you can contact us and let us know. We would love to hear from you about something you can't explain that happened to you. You can find us on Twitter. So I'm at June Bugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. Hashtag 2G1P for funsies, please. Um, You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com, or you can actually call us. On the telephone. Yeah, and we might play the voicemail on the show if it's really good, so please call us. Um, The phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. Please, last but not least, share this show. Every single share really does help us. I know that sounds cliche, but... Even if one more person finds out about this crazy-ass shit we're doing over here, that's great. So please do share it. And we will see you next time, except for that we've never seen you, because this is a podcast, and you've also possibly never seen us. But we're real. Goodbye. Bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg and produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. Production assistance is provided by thepodglomerate.com. Be sure to subscribe to Two Girls, One Podcast so you never miss an episode wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two Two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. (laughs) Your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait. What's the catch? There's no catch. Tune in lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. To get the blood and diarrhea stains. <laughs> <laughs>